0: Greetings and salutations. Hello and welcome to this edition of Everyday Ignatian. We always begin each episode by reciting a prayer called the Angelus. If you are not familiar with the Angelus, that is okay because I've included the link in the show notes. So if you haven't done so already, I invite you to go into those show notes and open up that link so that we can pray together. Thank you again for joining us and enjoy the episode. God bless you all. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. The angel of the Lord declared unto Mary, and she conceived of the Holy Ghost, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Behold the handmaid of the Lord, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Pray for us, O Holy Mother of God, that we may be made worthy of the promises of Christ. Let us pray. Pour forth we beseech thee, O Lord, thy grace into our hearts, that we, to whom the Incarnation of Christ thy Son was made known by the message of an angel, may be brought, by his Passion and Cross, to the glory of his Resurrection, through the same Christ our Lord. Amen. Sacred Heart of Jesus, have mercy on us. All holy angels, pray for us. Society of Jesus, pray for us. Jesus, meek and humble of heart, make our hearts like unto thy heart. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, Amen. Happy Friday, everyone. I hope you are all doing very, very well on this Friday, the 10th of November. This month, the church celebrates, uh, well, the fr- past two weeks specifically, but the month for the month at large, the church honors and celebrates all the saints who have ever been canonized and all the saints that we know and don't know about. And we also pray for the repose of all the souls who have ever passed away. Uh, month of November, of course, being consecrated and dedicated to all souls. So I want to begin today, as is tradition, whenever we celebrate a major feast here at EI, we always go turn to the liturgy, right? The liturgy is the sacred heartbeat. It's what speaks to us. It's how God speaks to us. So I want to begin with actually two collects here from the Feast of All Saints and the Feast of All Souls to get us in the right frame of mind and kind of invite us into this celebration. So here's the collect for the Feast of All Saints. Quote, Omnipotent Piterne Deus, qui nos omnium sanctorum cultuorum merita sub una tribuisti cele, cele, celebriate venerare, quaesumus, ut desideratam nobis tuae propitiationis abundantiam, multiplic, mut, multiplicatis intercessoribus largiaris. Perdominam nos, jesu Christum, filium tuum, Vitecum vivit regnat in unitate spiritu sancti Deus per omnia saecula saeculorum. Amen. In English, let us pray. Almighty eternal God, who granted to us to honor the merits of all your saints in a single solemn festival, bestow on us, we beseech you, through their manifold intercession, that abundance of your mercy for which we yearn through Jesus Christ thy Son, our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with thee in the unity of the Holy Ghost, ever one God, world without end. Amen. Unquote. And that is again the collect for the feast of all saints. Now here it is for the feast of all souls. Quote, Ornemus, fidelium Deus omnium conditor et redemptor, animabus famulorum fam- famularuque tuarum remissionem Cuntorum tribui peccatorum, ut indulgentiam quae quam semper opt, opta optaverunt p supplici supplici supplica, supplicantibus consequator qui vivis et regnans in cum deo patre in unitate spiritual sancti deus per omnia saecula saeculorum amen in english let us pray O God, creator and redeemer of all the faithful, grant to the souls of your servants and handmaids the remission of all their sins, that they may obtain by our loving prayers the forgiveness which they have always desired, who lives and reigneth with the Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, world without end. Amen. Unquote. And that is, again, the collect for the feast of all souls. So we see the language here between these two collects, right? And again, the church picks these up very, very carefully. And they are, they seem completely polar opposite. The first, of course, the Feast of All Saints, that collect is one of celebration and joy. The other one is one of penitence, and penitence not, on, not for ourselves, but on behalf of another. So on the, on the surface, the, the two seem very contradictory. But in actuality, they actually they reflect the same truth. And this is a truth that is articulated in my favorite book of all time, one of my favorite books of all time, next to the Bible and of course the exercises, and that is Dante's Divine Comedy. So we're going to be diving into that Divine Comedy real quick, not in its entirety of course, uh, but I want to dive into a few scenes from that Divine Comedy to fully understand how these two relate. I want to begin with uh, kind of a brief introduction to the Divine Comedy in general before we actually get into the nitty-gritty. So the Divine Comedy was written by a guy named Dante Alighieri. Uh, he was an Italian and uh, he lived and died in, the, uh, in Italy, uh, died in exile, if I remember correctly. And he was a poet, and he loved poetry. And he wrote a beautiful piece of, of, of poetry. It's, called, it's an epic poem, to be exact, called, again, The Divine Comedy. And it's broken up into three parts. The first part, the first chapter, if you will, the first section, sorry, the, first, yeah, the first book in this, uh, the first section of the book, we'll just call it, it's called the Inferno, right? The, the hell. This is probably the most famous of the three. Dante's Inferno, right? These horrible, grotesque um, horror movie scenes of you know, people, you know, fighting underwater in a, sea, in a river of blood and, you know, uh, you remember Satan you know, being frozen from the waist down in the pit of hell. That's the, the Inferno. But that's only the first part of, these, of this whole story. The other two, which we'll be talking about now, are called the Purgatorio and the Paradiso. The Purgatory and and uh heaven so let's dive into the purgatory right and i have some art here if you want to if you want to take a look it's in this week's edition if you want to click on the link in the show notes uh that kind of um shows what dante articulates in um the purgatory and the paradise and they're very much symbols of emblems of, of hope and of charity, uh representations of hope and charity so what do we see in mount uh, in purgatory right what is the purpose of the purga, of purgatory well, in Dante's cosmology, and Dante's universe, purgatory is not a supernatural place, but a mountain. Take, it takes the form of a mountain, uh, that, and it's this enormous mountain. It's seven stories high. And if you ever want to get to heaven, if you ever want to see the face of God, you need to first climb this mountain. And again, this mountain is seven stories and has, uh, has seven levels called terraces on them, each of which is dedicated to a sin, a capital sin um and the uh anger envy gluttony greed lust, pride and sloth and as well as their corresponding virtues so for example uh if you're if your sin in life was sloth right you were lazy you were had to run around a track like you were in gym class if you were gluttonous if you ate too much food you drank too much you were deprived of eating um there's a picture here in this week's edition of the proud maybe you had an ego uh, you had to carry these gigantic slabs of rock on your back, and they were so heavy they doubled you down forward, so completely breaking that proud posture you once had under uh, due to its immense weight. Now, what do we see when we uh, encounter these scenes, right? Remember, the Divine Comedy was written 170 years before Ignatius of Loyola was even born. This is during the uh, the, the Middle Ages, the High Middle Ages uh but nevertheless dante in his uh, in his uh his inferno and in his uh his divine comedy rather he articulates what is perhaps one of the most important lessons if not the most important lesson of the exercises namely self-conquest by acting against our emotions acting against ourselves, acta contra as we hear in the latin right to act against doing the opposite of what you're inclined to do if you want to eat too much fast you want to have maybe your um plagued by lust, chastity, uh, acting against, acta contra, your passions and emotions. And it's only when Dante understands his own passions and emotions, in his case, it was pride, the passion of pride, the, emo- uh, the passion of pride, that he's able to fly to paradise. In fact, you can actually see in this image here, Dante looking over with just the somber look on his face, like, oh my God, what have I, uh, who have I become? and, and it, it is actually in his divine comedy that he actually it's not depicted here but he actually joins them he says you know that that's my thing i have an ego i'm proud and he actually picks up one of these slabs and carries it himself for a distance but now you're probably wondering at this point how does this all relate well purgatory is a state of purgation cleansing right these souls at least in a figurative sense are currently climbing up the su- to the summit of this mountain and these souls, of course, need our prayers because this is not any ordinary mountain. This is a mountain that is going to force you to do things uh, and, and act against your passions and emotions. If you're envious, you have to have your eyes sewn shut with wire. Good luck climbing. If you're, if you're, if you're wrathful, if you got angry, you were blinded by this burning smoke that, that uh, destroyed your eyes. If you were agreeing, you had to lay down in the dirt reciting the Psalms for hours on end. If you're lustful, You had to run through fire. Uh, And of course, and of course the examples go on. You had to constantly act against the passion and emotion that plagued you in this life. So of course, these souls need our prayers. So the least we can do is give them to uh is grant them our intercession and pray for their inter and pray uh for them that they may one day see the face of God and reach that the summit of that mountain. So, but once you do reach the summit of that mountain, and each and every soul will, mark what I tell you, if you are in purgatory, you will see the face of God. It, that is church doctrine. It's a state of cleansing before you see the face of God. But upon reaching that summit of Mount Purgatory, it's only and you actually turn away from your sin and be faithful to the gospel, it's only then, and only then, that you can actually fly to paradise. Now, paradise, remember, is a place of division, right? You're divided by your sin, much like how sin divides us in real life. But paradise is different. Paradise is the exact opposite. It's a place of unity. Dante, in, in his Divine Comedy, probably gives the most beautiful description of paradise I've ever read. He describes heaven, basically, as this gigantic rose with all of these like millions of petals on it, an infinite number of petals on it. And on each and every petal of this gigantic rose is a throne. And on that throne, of course, is enthroned a saint, that is to say, someone who's in heaven, a soul who, is, who has made the trek through purgatory and now sees the face of God. But that is not all. Flying around this rose, like bees, are angels. And being the quote-unquote bees that they are, they pollinate to this rose with peace and with love. These infinite angels pollinating this rose with infinite peace and with infinite love. But the crown jewel, the creme de la Creme, the reason why we're all here in the first place, right? That is to say, paradise, the reason why they're all there in the first place, is at the very center. because it is in that very center of this rose that we see God himself, the Triune Godhead. and who is he? He is one God and three divine persons, the most fundamental truth of Christianity. And in refl- to reflect this truth, he's- <clears throat> excuse me, to reflect this truth, we see three equally large circles, all occupying the same exact space. It is at the end of uh, the Divine Comedy that John takes claims, I saw the love that moved the sun and the other stars, right? My favorite line right at the end, I saw the love that moved the sun and the other stars. See, God is love. That's the beautiful thing about Divine Comedy, right? In the Inferno is a story of, of faith. What do you believe? The Inferno is the story of hope. That is to say, the striving, uh, the desire of a, to achieve something along with the expectation of of achieving it. And it is in the, that the, uh the end of it all that we see the greatest of these commandments, which is love, charity, caritas, seeing the love that moved the sun and the, ocu- and the other stars. This is the eternal reward. This is what we, not just as Ignatians, but as, but as Christians at large, and what frankly all of humanity ought to strive for. This is what we strive for. This is the eternal reward. This is why we are here on earth, to strive valiantly toward that uh, eternal beatitude and earn our place on that petal- on, on the petals of that rose. And that is also what we celebrate in this month as well. The Feast of All Saints, November 1. We celebrate each and every person, known and unknown to us, who has completed that spiritual journey, the same journey that Dante went on, a journey that where you have to climb up these seven story mountains, have your eyes sewn shut with wire, um, run like you're in gym or what have you, depending on your sin, and eventually flying to see the face of God in paradise. And that is why this this is one of penance, but also one of celebration. We acknowledge that there are souls that have died and uh, died and are still making that journey, perhaps after hundreds of years, thousands of years. Remember, time doesn't exist um, in the next life. So we must pray for them and at the same time, celebrate those who did make the journey, who do see the face of God and and who ultimately intercede for us as well. So let us pray. Eternal rest grant unto all of them, O Lord, and the perpetual light shine upon them all. And may they all rest in peace. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. That concludes this week's edition. I want to thank all of you for joining us today. Uh, An extra special announcement for us. Um, As you all know, well, I'll start with the the basic stuff. Um, If you are interested in learning more, if you want to dive deeper into the writings of St. Ignatius and learn more about what it means to be an Ignatian, uh, in the link, there is a in the this in the show notes you'll find a link to our website everydayignation.com. I invite you to go there and check everything out. We have the spiritual exercises there. We have all these different posts and resources at your fingertips. Everything is there waiting for you. But in addition to that, next week is going to be extra special because we're also going to be launching something else as well. Uh, next week uh, we're going to be uh, talking about the role of Jesuits in education uh, and in schools. Uh, that's going to be uh, the theme of next week's edi- edition. The Jesuits, of course, the probably the best educators in the world or one of the best educators in the world. More schools are Jesuit than any other branch of uh, any other religious order. But more to it, we're we'll also be launching a very special endeavor. I will um, – you I'll, a very special endeavor. We're going to surprise you guys next week with something very new. We're launching it next week. And uh, it's going to be actually a series of short stories, actually, um, that will be – that will be the the will be going on over time it's not going to be a, a regular thing every once the blue moon we will do them uh but we're going to launch it's called the father black stories and there are a series of short stories that kind of articulate in a different way what ignatians do and who the jesuits are um, they're fictional of course they're not real but they take place at a school we're going to tie the two together and also there's going to be a, a way for us to kind of uh, experience in a different way who the jesuits are why um and, and who, who ignatians are and how they um, influence our lives every single day. So this will be a kind of a, a new endeavor that will be going on. Again, it's not going to be every week, but we will be launching it next week on Friday. And I hope you enjoy it. I would love to know what you guys think of it. Uh, but again, that concludes this week's edition. Please pray for me, and I will pray for you. And have a blessed Friday and a blessed week. I'll see you, I'll see you next time. God bless you all. Thank you again for joining us for this edition of Everyday Ignatian. We always close each episode by reciting a prayer called the Sushipe. It was written by St. Ignatius of Loyola himself five centuries ago. If you are not familiar with the Sushipe, that is okay, because I have included the link in the show notes. If you have not done so already, I invite you to go into the show notes and open up the link so that we can pray together. Thank you again for joining us, and remember, Quodcunque dixerit vobis facite. Do whatever he tells you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, Amen. Take, Lord, and receive all my liberty, my memory, my understanding, and my entire will, all that I have and possess you have given all to me. To you, O Lord, now I return it. All is yours. Dispose of me wholly according to your will. Give me only your love and your grace, for this is enough for me. Amen. Sacred Heart of Jesus, have mercy on us. All holy angels, pray for us. Society of Jesus, pray for us. Jesus, meek and humble of heart, make our hearts like unto thy heart. Amen.